Welcome to Take Two Radio. We are pleased to bring you interviews with people in the entertainment and music industry, discussions and recaps of the four remaining daytime soaps, that's The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Days of Our Lives, as well as various other shows. For upcoming and previous shows, check Take2Radio.com, that's with the number two, and you can find us on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other streaming apps. Follow us on social media at Take2Radio, and thanks for listening. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is David of Take2Radio Soaps and Review. I'm hosting tonight, and with me tonight, I have Candace again. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, Candace. We hey, want to hey. give a shout-out to uh, Carolyn, our friend Carolyn, who is under the weather, and we hope she gets well soon. I know yep. what that's like. And Casey, who had a basically has a family emergency that he couldn't avoid. Yes. And hopefully Anthony may be running late. I have, we have yet to hear from him. But yeah, Candace and I were prepared. We are. We've been away for a month, and we got lots to talk about tonight. Um, and we do. Let's, we do have a lot to talk about. But, Candace, um, you have been more aware of what's going on in the soap verse than I am these days because because of my my basic affliction that I can't go on too often because it's hard for me to right. deal. So, but I, I heard a few things from you, and... And do you have something to say to the fans? I mean, anybody who follows me on social media and my periscope and listens to me, you guys know that I have, I've been having an issue lately of being just a soap fan. And it stems from the recent event um, with, as we like to call, hashtag soap Twitter. Basically, it's, it's pretty much some bullying is going on, harassment, accusing other people of the, and I'm sorry to say this, the dumbest stuff. Um, as far as fan base wars, which we're used to, you know, one group thinks they're better than the other. Um, but it's gotten past that point. We now have it where um, people are harassing the actors for stuff that their characters have done on a fictional TV show. And I constantly have been saying this. It's a fictional TV show. Yes. Yeah. To many of us that watches General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, Young and the Russells and Bone and Beautiful, they are our second family. That's a given. You know, we've seen these people as we grow up. We've all grown together. However, there's a big difference between, and I'm just going to use this person because she was, she's been the most target person, I believe, in Soap Twitter, and that's Kelly Monaco. 
Well, you remember Kelly as Livy, Livy Locke on Port Charles or currently as Sam, yep. Samantha McCall. Um, these are characters that she plays. Um, she has no control over the show <laughs> uh, as far as which pairings. It's gotten to the point where people have literally have said some really rude things, not just to Kelly, but to other actors. Um, and they've also pulled in their family members as well. Um, people had accused an actor of playing favorites. Sorry, I don't think that's true, but okay. Um, recently, over the last weekend, there was a tweet. Somebody, I didn't even know you could do this with the Photoshop a, tw- a, t- a tweet and send it out, which caused a major firestorm. Um, somebody had tagged Maurice Bernard and said, how come you, Laura, and Steve, you know, haven't really been kind of protecting, you know, like standing up? And I just want to say that last year around this time, a lot of actors went to social media to tell fans to stop creating drama. Because the only drama you we want to see is on the shows. We don't want to see it on social media because sadly what's going to happen, and there's, I've counted 10, who have backed away from social media because of what's going on. It's, look, there's so much going on in the world right now that this is something that shouldn't be happening. We're all adults. If you have an opinion about a story, you can politely talk to other people, hashtag the show. But do not put the actors into it. They're just doing their job. And it's, I always say this. I mean, Kirsten Storms earlier this year has said it best. How would you feel if you were going through this? Meaning, how would you feel if somebody constantly tagged you with negative stuff about your job or the way you look or the way you're working with this person, you're not working with that person? It's annoying. So as a soap fan who reps for all the shows, who reps for all the couples, I don't really have a a ship, as they call it, um, I'm just I'm just enjoying the entertainment. And I think, like I said, sadly, sometimes it's frustrating because it's like you can't just be a normal soap fan without going through the ringer. And, and for some fans... You know, they 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 want to go to these events. We got events coming up, right, David? We have soap events happening next year. And yeah, we do. I would love to see. I would love to see a lot of the actors, but again, you know, these people making it bad for the rest of us. You know, because some of the fans are like, oh no. You know, case in point, Billy Miller said it this year. He said, "Soap fans are crazy." I mean, we're all crazy, but. <laughs> We are, <laughs> There's a whole different level. <laughs> so, yeah, just, there, you know, kind of keep it polite and respectful. Well, that was very well put. Mm-hmm. That was very nice. That we can't, I don't think we could, I could say that any clearer. <laughs> Be a fan. And yeah, ship the, the show. Expand. Yeah, I mean, ship the genre. I mean, I know 2018, as far as the soaps go, I mean, there was a lot of ups and there was a lot of downs behind the scenes and in front of the camera. 
But at the same time, you got to look. I mean, I know there's a lot of negatives on all the shows. There are. But there's a lot of positives, and there's a lot of positives for this genre. Think about it. These four soaps are still on. They, you know, one of them was the comeback story of of probably the last couple of years, which is Days. You know, you yep. look at how how well they, I mean, seriously, they have come a long way to being number one on this list, that list, this list, that list. But I look at it as, again, as a soap fan, I'm like, okay, this show is still on. Thank you, God. You know, like, oh, my favorite characters are still on. Yeah, some of them left. And it sucks. But I'm not going to beat another fan base up because of it. I'm not going to do that. That's, you know, that's the teacher in me. I'm sorry, but, I mean, just keep it. Keep it positive. Like I said, if you have an opinion, do not tag the actors. Um, you can do an opinion, a respectful opinion. You can, you you know, you can say, like, I'm just going to use you, David. Ed David, I'm just yep, going to say it. Um, t- today yep. on Days of Our Lives, I did not like this scene, da 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 And we can have a conversation. But once you tag an actor into it, unless it's a positive, I'm out. <laughs> That's it. I, I do. I, I have you. to admit, I do tag them, but I would never. Mm-hmm. I tag them. I'll say, um, let me give you a for instance what I did. I with Josh Swickert, I tagged him mm-hmm. and Chad the other day, and I said, and I said something nice about uh, that I liked. Whatever happens between Chase, Willow, and Michael, I'd like, I would like to see Michael and Chase's friendship remain intact because it's a basic, I mean, because it's a, they're both a means of support for each other. And right. I, yeah, that's what I, that's what I put. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but when you have a tweet like, and I'm just going to just, you know, pick somebody out the woodwork. Um, let's see. Billy Flynn, okay. Yeah. I could, you know, could tweet, you know, at Billy M. Flynn because that's his Twitter account. I hate you. I hate the fact that you did this to to Abby. I can't stand you with Gabby with an I. Da-da-da-da-da. I can't. First and foremost, Billy's just playing a character. Right. And and then it goes to the point where like somebody can go on Instagram to do an Instagram chat and somebody was like, I can't stand you, I hope you die. Yeah. That's not right. Right, exactly. I mean if you're passionate about the show, hey, that's good, you're passionate. But again, there's a big difference between the characters and the actors who are playing them. You know, they don't have control of what, you know, even though there's some who probably do have that pull, but at the end of the day, you know, just just don't, you know, don't do that. Because you don't want your Twitter account to be deleted, right? Because I know I don't. No, you don't. Right. So. Positive reinforcement. Exactly. That's what we need. For all four. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, that, that's a, it's a sad commentary on life if you have something like that happen. Mm-hmm. And not only that, if you start creating drama, like, between, like, actors, or, or that is even worse, because that even happened to a re- couple of weeks ago where somebody, you know, tried to start something. You also got to think that these people go to the same job every single day. So even though you, people don't think it, there could be creating some kind of drama on set because of a tweet. Like, you just have to be careful of what you tweet and how you address it. And I think people, you know, now, like social media, you know, people can hide behind phones and everything. And it's just, my, my theory about it is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you want to share your opinion, you can do it, but be respectful of others who's going to read it. Because you have to put yourself into their into their into their shoes. It's like, how would you feel if such and such had wrote something about you? You know. Right, that is very true. Mhm. And that's why we do this. Mhm. Get, <laughs> Get it all out. Get it all out. Candace and I are probably two of the biggest soap fans on the net. And I know there are many. I would, I, yeah, I would probably say I'm roughly, I'm going to actually say I'm probably around like number 38 um, on the top 40 list of soap fans. Probably am. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just going to say that number. <laughs> that's a nice round number. I don't know that where is. I stand though. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where I stand though. It's kind of difficult. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm in there someplace, but yeah. There you I, go. You probably you probably round out the top fifty. Let me see. Yeah. Well, I've been watching since 1978, so what's that? Okay, so you got me beat. You got me beat. Okay, you're higher up. You're higher up than me. No, I think you've watched more, though. Well, I mean, because I was, let me see, I was born in 82. Let's, let's be real. All right, everybody. Um, so, technically, I mean, my family, my family, I, and I've said this before, my grandmother, my great-grandmother was CBS strict. Like, yep. you cannot watch anything else in her house but for CBS, so... I grew up with CBS, but my mom, my aunt, and my cousin was collective. They had NBC and ABC on and CBS. So, you know, anytime I was over my aunt's house, I'm watching Santa Barbara and Another World and Generations and, you know, Days and Passions, Sunset Beach. Um, and then, of course, One Life to Live, All My Children, Ryan's Hope and Stuff. So I got a little mixture of all of it. And as I grew up, I guess I guess I'm grown up. <laughs> Um, I started to kind of like peer into Edge of Night to kind of get an understanding about that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, no, you still got me beat. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you may, have, you may have watched more, but 
Um, I'm trying. I can't pinpoint. YNR was my first soap that I got hooked on in '78, and is okay. It was the year before, the year before Mel started. Right. And yeah, because a lot of people don't know that she's a recast. Right. And I barely remember the actress that was on then. Of course, at that age, I was in high school, uh, and it was just hard for me to keep track. The one thing that drove me to Y&R was my mother dragged me in, and she said, there's Catherine. She's at her own funeral. She's watching her own funeral. And I just got hooked right from there. There you go. <laughs> and that was the same year that Doug started. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you yeah. you were there when the when the start the golden era of Young and the Rock was yeah. passing. Yeah. Yep. Right there. Oh. And I just got hooked. Mm-hmm. My, and on CBS right after that. Yeah. So it was CBS. I mean, ABC came later. Yeah. Well, ABC came during, like, if mine weren't on, I'd switch to something else. Right. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, as they diminished, you know, I got to watching more and more. And it, it was. I think that's it. I'm just historic. I don't know if I'm a super fan. Yeah. Um, but I call myself a fan. I mean, it's it's good to have knowledge about the shows because I think I do that more so with Gown Light, like with Procter Gamble soaps. I I know I I, I, yeah. I will I I know that. But like my first, like of course growing up, you really like I said, in my great grandma's house, you had no options. So, <laughs> I even remember when Capital. For those who don't remember that show, that was the yeah. show that was on at one thirty. So Bold and Beautiful Before wasn't B&B always a part of CBS. Yeah, so Capital was like, I remember vaguely parts of that, but obviously as well, Tyson Gallon Light was my go-tos. But my first soap yeah. that I kind of like discovered on my own own was Days of Our Lives when Marlena was possessed by the devil. Oh, you remember and, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think for because I was I was a young kid, and at that time like horror movies and like um like sci-fi shows and whatnot was sort of my thing, and I was like when you saw soap operas or heard soap operas, of course the the, the term was from my great grandmother, hush when my stories are on, and I'm like okay there are people kissing and being all romantic and yeah. And when I watched Marlena getting possessed, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, y'all can do this on these shows? Like, who? what, what? Okay. So that whole storyline, I literally watched. I asked my mom, could she record? For those who don't understand that, that was a VCR. You had to record shows. <laughs> like, you couldn't just yeah. VCR. But she recorded it, and I watched it, and I thought, my gosh, this is so awesome. This was great. And, you know, it's interesting because when people hear that, people still say that that was a low point for Days of Our Lives. But if you look at the ratings, <laughs> they were actually high. Oh, that, at that, that time around, of year? 
<laughs> because it was, I think, was it around either the L.A. riots or O.J. Simpson? It wow. was O.J. And that's when it was it O.J. Was OJ because yeah. I remember, I remember Doug and Susan said that Days was the only one running, and mm-hmm. they wanted to beef up the ratings and try and beat the reality. By putting in yep. sci-fi. Mhm. And look how well that did because without that storyline, newsflash, folks, we wouldn't have passions. And that's the truth. Yeah. So, and then of course, it's General true. Hospital was Robin's story, and General yeah. Hospital was the first soap that I was like, oh, okay, this actually got have teenage. They had kids around my age on the show. And that's how I got yep. hooked on to GH because of Robin's story, Robin's diary, the whole Robin and Stone. Robin and Stone, that one. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Because in class, my uh, health teacher had showed us because um, it was AIDS Awareness Week, and they showed and she came in. I will never forget it. Shout out to Miss Brown because I know she's probably still still around and she probably listens to podcasts. And. <laughs> She rolled in the thing, and she was like, now I'm going to show you a video from uh, a show called General Hospital. Okay, I knew what General Hospital was. I was like, okay, like, okay, you know, and it was the whole um, behind the scenes of the making of Robin's uh, Robin and Stone's story, and it had Wendy Rich and everything, and at the end of the tape, um, my teacher had told us about the book fair, and we went to the book fair, and I saw Robin's diary. And I bought that book. That's ten dollars I ever spent that time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? that spent. Oh God. Mhm. That's that's when that's when shows could cross promote because a lot of kids, you know, of course, a lot of kids don't know about soap operas, you know, depending on where you was raised at. So for I always said General Hospital always gets a, a check with me a plus because they were able to cross over to children and they also had the after-school break specials and they were on Nick News, which was a kid's news show. So they played it all the way. It, it wasn't just for adults, for the soap operas. It was a kid's, it was a teen storyline. They wanted to connect to teenagers. And, yeah, I to this day, I always I always applaud Kimberly and Michael and Wendy Rich and the crew over General Hospital for that. So, see. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, I remember that. I watched that throughout. That was yeah. I just like I just like storytelling and I just yeah. get into it. Without they had an time agenda. back then. Oh yeah. Well they could take their I mean, time back then. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, they still do have time well. Be good. They do have time. It's just they don't, in my opinion, sometimes they just don't want to spend the the time, the right amount of time to create a good story for the fans. That's why I said 2018 was, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the exact best for storytelling. There were some highlights and there were some lowlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were. There were. 
well, now we can go back to what we do best. (laughs) (laughs) So, with our bold and beautiful, (laughs) what's been bold and what's been beautiful? Bold is Brooke's big mouth. about Taylor you know Taylor's back in town Taylor is just she's having some she's having a nervous breakdown she's written with guilt but Brooke found out that she shot Bill oh my god Brooke is like okay you know like reading her the riot act and Taylor is like the be- I mean, here's the thing. The the scene that got fans really like, what in the world is Taylor actually begging Brooke? I mean, Taylor on her hands and knees on, and her hands were holding the Gucci shoes that Brooke Logan Forster was wearing and saying, please spare me. Like, don't tell anybody because if you do, you're going to ruin my life. And <laughs> side note, as a Bone and Beautiful fan since the beginning, I know people was like, oh, what did they do to Taylor Hayes? And I'm like, first and foremost, y'all have to understand, Taylor has gone through so much in her life from losing a daughter to sleeping mm-hmm. with Rick Forster to, you know, a lot of stuff. So she's entitled to have a nervous breakdown. But she's entitled. I was I was team Brooke because when that scene happened when Taylor was like begging, I kept I had a flashback of all the times that Taylor and Stephanie Forster always put Brooke down and always made Brooke pay for a lot of stuff. And I was like, Wow, karma and I was like, even though this isn't a great storyline, that moment as a bold and beautiful fan, I was like, Team Brooke, Team Brooke do it, Brooke. Make her pay. <laughs> so, oh God. you know, so now we got Liam Hope knows. Stuffy's like, Liam, please don't tell, please. For the sake of I your know. daughter. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, uh. and Liam, Liam is upset. He's telling Stuffy, like, your mother can't come nowhere near our daughter. I mean, I, I mean, uh, here's the thing. What do you think, David? Does he have a right to say that? Huh. He is a father. Mm-hmm. Thinking about his little girl. And if his grandmother mm-hmm. is, a, is a wild card, and if if Kelly's grandmother is a wild card and can be trusted. So, yeah, he has a right to his concerns. Yes. I don't um, know. Um, it is. Um, should he have told I can, Hope? Probably. 
Um, yeah, he had to because you don't know. She could have gone off on Hope just like she did on Bill. Well, not only that, but I, I'm i now at a point where I don't want nobody to keep secrets from anybody. And I think Liam doesn't want that with Hope. Like, he wants to be completely honest with her. And also, yeah, to kind of give her a heads up about what's going on. But it's funny because I asked somebody that question about should Liam, and I was, and somebody said, well, then Steffi should go to Liam and say that she doesn't want Bill around Kelly. I mean, you know, Bill has done a lot of damage to Steffi and, and Liam. And I thought about that, too, and I was like, you know what, if Liam doesn't want um, Taylor around the baby, then Steffi should come back and say, well, I don't want your father around my child either. You know, <laughs> Because both of them are dangerous because you don't know what Bill could do. However, yeah, yeah, Taylor shot the man. So Taylor does have, like, a point of head of Bill as far as which grandparent does not get to be around baby Phoebe Kelly. Still going to call – oh, actually, I can't call Phoebe anymore because I think that name is going to go to somebody else. Yeah. I know where – I know you've heard that, haven't you? I came up with that one. I said, I said, Hope and Liam should just do it and go and go there with this. Not name the child Phoebe, but have Phoebe as a middle name because I think what yeah. they should do is they should own up. They should, you know, since they want to do the mothers and stuff like that. What Hope and Liam should name the child is Bethany Phoebe Spencer. Bethany is is for Beth, which is Beth Logan, right. which is Brooks a mother, and, of course, Phoebe, you know, Hope and Phoebe were cool back in the day. So, and it would be, right. it would mean much to the show's history than Kelly. Who the heck is Kelly? I don't know Kelly. Kelly is I never Liam's mom. No, I don't think they have nope. No. So, that if would... anybody should have got Phoebe, it should have been Stuffy, but whatever. She wanted to be <laughs> She's trying to win her husband back. Oh well, I would I would have I would not have you know I would have picked Kelly. I would have been like we can have Kelly as a middle name, but I want to name her Phoebe Kelly after my sister and your mother, two people who loved each other, who loved us. But they didn't do it, so. No, they didn't. So. Well, it seems like just about everyone is certifiable on that show. Mhm. They've all done things. Yeah. There should be a list of so, things that everybody has done. Yep, and um, I'm sure you can point the finger at any one of them. Mhm. I'm still convinced. I'm still not convinced that Taylor really shot Bill. Uh, yeah, there's there's that slant on social media that's saying something to that fact. Um, yeah, I think it's an only Liam, an opinion Liam piece. Is, yeah. Well, 
you know, soap fans are good, you know, you know, doctors and police officers and, you know, the toughness and stuff. So somebody yep, we can has said, kick them out before listen, it happens. Exactly. Somebody has said if you listen to Liam's story of, you know, everything, it matches up to Taylor and what she said, like her alibi and whatnot. So somebody said because Taylor is so vulnerable, could it have been that somebody, like she could have had a blackout moment and somebody told her what happened or somebody, you know, some crazy, bold and the beautiful stuff to make it seem like Taylor did it? Because the excuse she gave wasn't, I mean, if we go back to it, she said it was because he was taking he was taking advantage of her daughter. Okay, but what about Thomas? You know, it's like, are you vengeing for Thomas too? Because Bill screwed Thomas too. Thomas is your other child that you hardly talk about. But, you know, it's kind of like, hmm. And then you have Liam. He had a lot of motivation. And not only that, but I still say this to this day. He's never gotten his head checked after he started passing out and he had amnesia when he was with Quinn. <laughs> I'm like, he never went to the hospital. So what if he had something going on in his brain? What if he had a DID moment? I don't know. Like, it's just, to me, Taylor is is kind of like a questionable person. And it's like, okay. But they did make an announcement today. David, I don't know if you saw this. I was watching while I was getting ready, so what? Okay, so in January, Bold and Beautiful will celebrate their 8,000th episode. Yay, 8,000. Yay, let's hear it. And, of course, you know it's Bold and Beautiful because they have the cast photo and whatnot, so we're going to get the Avant family there. Um, Who else did I see? I did not see certain other people that should have been there, but I'm just going to keep it, keep it to myself for a minute. Um, but they said that there's going to be a lot of, you know, memorable moments and a shocking event that happens. Hmm. Anybody who watches Bold and Beautiful knows they don't do sweets. They don't do sweets. Either two things but are going to happen. Time? One, I, see, I don't even think – I mean, I think with this, it's going to be a huge bombshell reveal because Bold and Beautiful does this. They go through this phase of, okay, they do really slow storytelling. Not a lot of people are feeling storylines. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's something shocking that you got to call your friends up and say, please tell me you saw that on Bold and Beautiful today. Oh, my God. Hashtag Bold and Beautiful shocking. Like, (laughs) they do it all the time. So I don't know what they're playing. I mean, there's three things that they could be doing, a paternity switch, a wedding, or a hookup. I don't know. Or a return of somebody. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And next month this is. Yep, next month. Huh. I think, I'm going to say January 4th or January 8th. I'll double check and let everybody know. Hmm. Well, uh, mm-hmm. makes one think. They don't do sweeps, yeah. do they? Nope. They're the only show that does not do uh, 
sweeps. I actually could say that this is the first year, actually, in for November, none of the shows really did November sweeps. But, again, that's my, my, my take on that. But, no, Bone and Beautiful doesn't do um, sweeps. They just wow us whenever. It's like, wow. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> they pick their mark. They take their mark when that when it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yep. I cannot. I'm, I cannot even fathom a guess. I mean, if they're going to do, I mean, the popular thing is is that they're going to say that um, Kelly is really Bill Spencer's baby, and I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, the Bill and Steffi fan base will go crazy if this is true. But they've been playing it, though. Bone the Beautiful has been writing it where it could be his child, you know. So that would be interesting, but at the same time, I have to wonder how Bone the Beautiful is about to write Jacqueline uh, out because she's going to be going on maternity soon. Hmm. So could I that wonder be, how they're going to do Could that be it then? I mean, the only way that I could think of them taking Steffi out is either, I mean, for Steffi, the kind of character she is, she has to have, like, a big something, like something really important to go to. You can't just say, well, I'm going upstairs and not be back until, like, like a couple yeah, of months I know. later. <laughs> you, you know, you got to, this is not all my children, folks. Um, so the thing is, is that, Either they have a paternity where she, like, runs and goes somewhere, or I don't know. I don't know what they can do to, to kind of write her out. Um, I mean, I had a couple of things in my head. It's like, you know, she takes the blame for shooting for shooting um, Bill to protect her mother, but at the same time she's jeopardizing being with her child. Um so yeah, I I don't know if the if the shocking event is going to be around Stuffy. It may be, or it could be. You know, I'm trying to think of anything else. You know, like a return. Maybe they finally are getting Sheila back and writing her the correct way. I don't know. Um, so we'll we'll shall see next month. Well, it's worth checking out. Uh-huh. The rest of them. It's worth checking out, and I look yep. forward to seeing whatever it is. <laughs> so that's the biggest thing. So, um, your take on Wayne Brady? Um. Uh, okay. Put me on the spot. Why don't you, David? Oh. <laughs> I. You know what? I like Wayne Brady. I, I want to say it like that. I'm gonna start the positive. I like Wayne Brady. He is a man of many talents. His character, yeah. though, you know, being Zoe's dad, is going to be interesting. So far, you can tell he's kind of fishy. Yeah, he's got because he's got his he's got hand dirty. on him. Yeah, and I mean the way he kind of went in for that kiss with Tip, that was kind of like, um, okay, like. What's it's your like, story? Whoa, mama. You know what? Yeah, it's like hello, like too close. I do want to see where they take him 
if he is that kind of character that that is I see here's the thing I don't want him to be and I will say it now I don't want him to be a clone version of Deacon Sharp No I know and and I'm I started getting that feeling when again you know he you know Zoe was like dad you've been with woman after woman and you know, and the way he just looked at Taylor, and I'm just like, okay, I'm getting a Deacon Sharp feel for this character, and I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, and, and, and for him not to be a sleazy guy. But I wouldn't mind seeing Wayne Brady kind of tackle that, though. So maybe next month I'll have a better, you know. But for right now, I'm I'm kind of like, mm, let me let me just see how this goes. Let's see how they're going to work this in. Uh, I have a hunch since Carla's back at work mm-hmm. that he might look away from Taylor a little bit and head toward Maya. <laughs> no, because she's still technically married. Big crunch. Let me have this, David. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think I have Candace stroking out. (laughs) It's not fair. Wait a minute. I just, okay, so I think by now our listeners have heard the the, the news. Well, a couple of things. One, Carla did come back. She, you know, already has a couple of episodes on her belt from maternity leave. But the question was where was Jacob? And as we know, Jacob is doing like seven, six movies. I've lost count, Jacob. How many movies are you doing now? Because I lost count. And he's got his music, and, you know, he's he's been on the show, and he talked about his, you know, loyalty to the show. And if you picked up So Papa Digest, you probably saw it. That was the first freaking thing. Bone Beautiful, Rick and Maya split. And today, Carla and Jacob both retweeted a lot of things, and you know, and uh, this is one of those things where it kind of, like, is not right because they did not, they could have wrote for that couple. Um, now we do have, now we're in that phase where, yeah, Maya has to, is probably going to be paired up with a couple people. And, yeah, I could see. Yeah, well, Tasha, I mean, obviously the first go-to would be Carter, just saying, because yeah, we, of obviously the the past, and not only that, Lawrence and Carla work so well together. By the way, check out Wedlock the Series. Thank you. Save a plug there. There's a <laughs> plug. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to feel about seeing Maya data <laughs> I don't know. That, see, that's probably not normal, but yeah, because we, I'm, I'm so used to the the fact that they really wrote for Rick and Maya, and they were a happy couple, which now really proves the point: you can't be too happy if you're in a soap marriage. Um, this is this is the one that I just I mean I think everybody's like well they didn't have story for so long now all of a sudden you're telling us that they bust up off screen like we really like to see that play out 
But yeah, here we are. So Maya's gonna be a single girl. And dating around. Gonna be dating around. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, I have a feeling she'll be tested if she's coming back with mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. So slowly but surely. Mhm. It's, it's going to be, no be difficult to see. It's going to be. I think because and then, and here's the thing. I know people are going to be like, uh, "Candace is a fictional couple." And again, I, I know I go I go back to what I said earlier in the show. But the thing is, is that with Maya's character, we all have been on her journey, and the reason you know when she told the truth about her being a transgender, so. I want to see how Bold and Beautiful handles that part, too. Like, when she goes into another relationship, will they have her dropped? You know, like, have her be honest, or are they going to over, you know, like, kind of push that under the rug? Like, okay, you know, I just want to see how they handle that part. Will they they address it again? Right. That's why I said with Carter, Carter knows the truth, but other right. people so don't. Some... And you don't know, yeah, and we don't know, and we're going far in the story, but we don't know if they will use it against her or they yeah. will turn their nose up at her. So, yeah. So I want to see, you know, if you bust her up and everything, let's see. Let's see what, let, let's see what, what let's see what you got. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm excited to see Maya. So. <laughs> yep, should, I'm looking forward to seeing you back on. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. Yeah. Sad but nice. Mm-hmm. Do you, are, are you like me? Do you, is there ever a time where you feel maybe you don't want to know? There's times lately that I don't want to know. You know what's funny? Because we're talking about Bo and the Beautiful, and Bo and the Beautiful gets the award because there was times where they would release certain upcoming spoilers for their stories, but it was a bunch of lies, and I love that I got tricked by the soaps. I was like, you told me that they were going to Like, you're good, you're good. There are times, but... I mean, I think we're in a world right now where, again, social media, even if you yeah. don't want to know, you, You're I mean, yeah, people are going to say, you can, yeah, you, you, can, you can find out either or. And I know some people say, well, just stay off of social media. I tried that, <laughs> and it still didn't work. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, especially when you have people who will call you up and say, Candace, did you hear about da-da-da-da-da? And I'm like, no, I didn't go on social media. Thanks for telling me that. Like, but I'm still going to watch. Oh, I'm still going to watch, you know. But sometimes they may trick you. Case in point, Allie's deaf on Bold and Beautiful. They said Thorne was coming to take – I will never – I will remember this spoiler. Spoiler, they said Thorne was coming back to take Allie home. Little did we know – Allie was going to die, you know, or the shocking secret yeah. of Maya. You know, they was like, a huge secret is revealed, and all of us were like, oh, Lord, she probably gets murdered. She probably got money somewhere. And when all that happened yeah. on Wednesday before March Madness, yeah. or Sheila, 
Nobody knew Sheila Carter was coming back to town. No one like, knew Sheila was coming. Knew. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because I remember people talking about it, you know, and I remember Kimberlyn Brown had said, you know, what would you guys do if I came back to Bowl and the Beautiful Young and the Rosses? Okay, that's just a, you know, that was a question. And two weeks that later, boom. Yeah, and then two weeks later, here, here's Sheila on Bowl and the Beautiful. Like, what? Like, what? What? What just happened? Like, wait, I'm dreaming. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. No, this ain't true. And she got to sing with Quinn. My dream, my dream came true. I was like, ah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you there. there's times where it's certain, let's put it to you, there's certain stories that I don't want to know what's going to happen. I want to watch it in real time. And then there are some stories that may not be so much on my radar that I'm just like, okay, just fool me. Yeah. I know, I know. I am too. Mm-hmm. So... Days of our lives. Oh my God. <laughs> We're shining. <sighs> Guess what I like? And it's a What do you what do you like? Theo called JJ. <laughs> you like JJ? You like you like the uh, new the I new like that one. That was very nice because it's it's commemorative. Yeah. Because it's that time of year. It is. I can't I believe it's this, been this a year. It's been a year, and I can't, and you know what? In a couple of weeks, in a couple of days, Dave's days Raiders are going to be, I hope Dave's Raiders will be high on the, for the New Year's Eve episodes. I'm just yeah. saying. Because we all know who's coming back. Actually, two people, people coming back that day. Yep. Two people, yeah. I so, believe um, KDP will be back yep. on that day, too. And could uh-huh. she possibly well, be coming back with him? With a date? <laughs> I I want to see with, how this plays out. I want to see this so bad. Will Eve be coming back with Jack? Ooh. I mean, you have to have Eve. I mean, they call it New Year's Eve for a reason. So, yeah. Um, I, you know what? You asked about the do you want to know before the stuff happens. Days are alive. You know what, Days? Y'all knew exactly what y'all was doing when y'all released that promo yeah. because yeah. it was like, okay, but at the same time, some of us already knew Matthew was coming back to the show. So, but it was just like a, when is he coming back to the show? Like, okay, we're almost done with the year. You guys take six months in advance. We're like calculating. We're like, still no Jack Devereaux. Like, where is he? But I can't wait because this is going to be, Dave did a good job this year of, just following through with story. It started with this, then it carried over to that, then it carried over to this. So it's really a true umbrella story of 2018 yes. on Salem. I mm-hmm. am all aboard with. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is gonna get ready, folks. Shocking here. I'm all on Leo's train. 
I love Leo. <laughs> I you love got- him. I love him. I like him, him too, but that love- suit, that suit. Oh my God! No. Mm-mm. Out of this world. No, no, no. The the hair, the hair. Can oh we my please God. talk? About- you know what? You can tell Greg Rickard is having a good time playing this role because he's just like he's just going along with it. He's just like, I'm going to bring comedy into this. I'm going to be that villain that the show needs. I'm going to bring it all back. And he is correct me. So, so, so far, you know, of course, he returned back from the quote-unquote dead. Right. Which shocked um, Paul, um, Will and Sonny, you know, because they thought they had it, everything was good and everything. Paul's gone, you know, blah, 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 sad moment, blah, blah, blah. So then all of a sudden, Leo comes back, and he's blackmailing them. Like, <laughs> y'all couldn't even kill me. I have pictures. And it's like, who takes pictures of their – who – how the mess do you take pictures? <laughs> I swear, Leo. And, you know, you know, Leo's like, well, there's one thing that I want. And Sonny and them are like, what? And he was like, I want to be a karaoke Leo Kiriak is like, that's all you oh, want? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. That's all? <laughs> that's it. That's, I, and I was like, waiting I want for things. Victor to come into it. I was waiting oh, for my Victor God. to come into it. We knew he was going to be, but I was like, mm-hmm. where where are you all this time? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because you, you have Sonny. You have Sonny yeah. who is – you know, he's he's putting he puts himself in these positions. I'm gonna say this. He does. And it's like, okay, Will is just like, Okay, what are we gonna do? And Sonny's like, I don't know. First and foremost, you're a karaokeist. You should be thinking, like, boom, like, okay, this happened, close my eyes, think of a plan, execute. Don't be just waiting around because Leo is already on top of everything. To the point yeah, he had he that suit. That is actually a good suit. I like that suit. Um, he, you know, he's like, we're gonna get married today. You might as well say goodbye to Will because this ain't gonna happen. And Sonny goes along with it. And like Justin and Adriana said, there was other options. And Sonny says, no, it wasn't. I have to do it while I think of a plan to get us out of this. Can't but the wedding? Him. That's not going to get you anywhere. Can't, yep, that was a stipulation. Can't cheat on me. We have to be, we have to love each other. And, you know, and the vows. <laughs> oh, my God. Leo, Leo, Leo seems like I never met somebody and everything. But before that, you know, Justin and Adriana comes in and they're like, "Well, whose wedding are you going to?" And Sonny's like, "It's mine's." And Adriana's like, "Well, what happened to Will? Like, wait a minute. Like, first you were going to get married to Paul. That didn't go through. You and Will, you and you know, Will are back together. Now you get married to Leo. Like, what? The, what, what? And Justin is like saying, you know, you're an honorable man and. You know, da 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 da. And Adrian, Adrian is not feeling this at all. And can I just say, Judy Evans and Greg Rickhart gave me life with their, with their <laughs> banner. I'm like, I'm like, this Mother is comedy. Hate. You know, she, 
Yeah, Mother Kiriaki. Like I had always, I hope, always had these hopes that we would, you know, lay by by, by the pool spot, poolside, spending our husband's money. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like, <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, there's certain times on soaps you need that comedy relief. You do. And he is one. We've all said that when he was on Young and the Rustlers. He brought, there was some comedy that Greg did on Young and the Rustlers, you know, the chipmunk and whatnot. But you yeah. really seen his comedy on Days of Lives as Leo. So I'm all for it. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> Team Leo. <laughs> He's funny. He is. He is funny. Uh, he's this is going to be a tough one to get out his, of. Yeah, but he's also putting some spice into Sonny and Will. Because the thing is, is that, with, like I said, with Sonny, you know, it. I, I was thinking about this, too, is that Sonny really – for some reason, for him to be a part of the next generation of the Kiriakis men, he really doesn't have the backbone. Like, he needs to have that backbone if he's going to one mm-hmm. day take over or, you know, be in control of something. And he doesn't right now. Like, he, I don't know how or why, but he just doesn't have it right now. Maybe he'll get it. He's going to need it. He does. He's going to need it soon. He tries hard. (laughs) He does. He tries hard. He, He does. But he needs to, like, sit down and think. He needs to take. He need, what he needs to do is he needs to to talk to Victor and says, Victor, okay, how how would you have handled this? Like, put yourself in my situation. How would you have handled it? And go off of that. But, of course, Victor would be like, well, I would have killed him and make sure he was dead. Like, when he said that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I can't. I was like, yeah, that's rule number one. Make sure they're dead. Don't just leave them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God. <sighs> and so it, it's refreshing to laugh on us. Hope we never get that chance. Yeah, we don't get that chance with a villain either. I mean, there's always the cartoon versions of uh, a yes. villain. You know, sadly, to be honest, they made Sheila that way. That's my opinion. They made her kind of a cartoonish type villain. Like, with with this one, with Leo, he reminds me of a little bit of the Riddler. Yeah. Because of the suit and the hair. But he's also, like, he, but also he's a little dangerous because you don't know what he has up his sleeve. Yes, he has the pictures and he has some... But you don't know what else he has. So he's kind of like, okay, he's funny, ha, ha, ha. But if you piss him off, he could do some damage. So he's that kind of villain. It's like entertaining, yet, hmm, what does he have, again, you know, on such and such and such and such that he can use down the line? So. It's. It's refreshing. No, other than if we want to go in the 
other side, then we got Holly. Okay. That poor, well, no, I don't know. Well, she's a poor little girl because she lost both her parents, but everybody Um. wants to raise her. So she's a lucky little girl in that respect. She is, boy, it's interesting with this story because, I mean, in, in all reality, this is happening to somebody in real life. I give Dave's credit for this, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, it's a soap opera. Um, you know, Nicole wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, she did not leave, quote, unquote, a will, um, you know, at first. She didn't leave any instructions as to who would raise Holly in case the, you know, un, you know, in case she dies, you know, if it was the hands of Deimos or, you know, somebody coming after her or whatnot. She didn't leave really any instructions until we recently found that out. But before Nicole died, she did say to Eric, I want you to raise Holly. So she verbally gave him that permission. However, nobody else heard her. So, you know, as they all decide to go to custody, you figure between um, Eric, Chloe, Maggie, you know, who is who is the one to kind of get ownership of the child? Well, it would be the paternal grandmother, which is Maggie. Yeah, That's Maggie. Daniel's mom. So, you know, let's go there. Um, Maggie, you know, wants to do the right thing, but, you know, then you have Eric who's like telling everybody, well, Nicole told me she wanted me to to, to raise Holly, you know, this is the last part of Nicole that I have. I love this girl, da 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 And that's fine, but, again, Nicole said it to you, nobody else was around, and technically speaking, you're, you weren't even married to her. That would go on to Xander if he was still alive. <clears throat> Sorry, I had oh, to And, you know, like, Xander, because that's the stepfather, that was, you know, the husband. And mm-hmm. then you go to Chloe. Chloe is, was a surrogate. So, right. you know, and not only that, but she does have um, Holly's, you know, brother, Parker, which was by Daniel. So, you know, it, it's messy. It's a soap opera. However, we found out that um, there was a letter that was yes, sent to Chloe and Nicole wrote it down in her own handwriting that she wants Chloe to be the recipient of Holly. And Brady, who is just, he feels guilty. He's trying to be the good good man, but he wants he wants the right thing for everybody all of a sudden. <sighs> um, he talks to Chloe and says, hey, I will help you. I will be with you. You know, we need to tell yeah. Maggie. On the flip side of things, Sarah is Team Eric and says, you know, Eric should raise. Yeah, so which fuels the whole Sarah and Eric pairing? That's the same. And they talk to Maggie, and Maggie is like, well, you know, I'm willing to do this. You know what? Yeah, she is. This little girl is so lucky. But like I was telling somebody, I personally don't think Maggie, I mean, Maggie has the right, but 
a child is a lot to take care of. And not saying that Maggie is not in the best condition, but it will wear her down. So she does need some assistance. She would need somebody to really, not saying be there, but just to, like, you know, like she could co-parent the child. So I was thinking Sarah because that's Maggie's daughter, and that would be her niece. Yeah. Make sure I got that right. Yep. But right now it's Chloe. Yeah, right now it's Chloe. Now, we can we can assume that that letter was written before Eric came back into the picture. Yep. It would have to be because if we're gonna play unless they unless there's a big twist that, you know, she didn't even want one they were together or they were getting back together or whatnot, that she didn't feel confident in Eric to raise that child. Which would create a whole bunch of problems for Eric. It's like yeah. how how could Nicole say this but she didn't trust me with the child? Like, I don't understand. But I do want to see how it does play out. Yeah, I do. I I don't think it's going to be uh, pretty. I think it's going to be pretty drama-filled. Mm-hmm. Because you also have the fact that if Eric does not get custody, he can go back to being an alcoholic. And, and the flip, or, you know, he can go back into a dark place. Or... You look at Chloe, you know, Chloe obviously has a bond because she was the surrogate, and you have Brady right. helping her. And the thing is, is that this is not Brady's fight. This is Chloe's. But like Brady said, yeah. you know, he he loved Nicole too. Like he, he feels as though Nicole would want Chloe to be. So you can see Brady getting involved and Brady, you know, latching on, you know, to – some kind of happiness because his wife has been all over the place this year. And if he finds, like, if he feels as though he can right the wrong, like, he really does feel bad. Like, he feels some kind of blame regarding Nicole's death. He does. He's carrying that. And he feels as though maybe if he helps with Holly, there's that some piece of, of mine for him. Yeah. And Maggie just wants a piece of her of of her son. She wants a piece yeah, of her no. son. Mhm. And to be be near them. So. And she has a right to. She does. Like I said, she's the paternal grandmother. So, technically speaking, I mean, both parents are. It, it's weird because I saw that on social media. A lot of people was like, okay, if this was real court, you know, it would go to the paternal grandmother. However, there would be somebody that would say, okay, if the grandmother is unfit, you know, like health-wise or age-wise or financial-wise, then it would go to the next person, like an aunt or, you know, somebody of – it's just weird. It's just when I tell you, so fans, we are freaking good researchers because we're like, okay, this is Salem, Massachusetts. Okay, here we go. Like – you know, like the laws yep. in Salem are. 
It is. It's we're having another good year. I'm and I'm really pleased with what they're doing. I am. And I think Mr. C is getting a lot of support from the network and from mm-hmm. the VP. And that that is what all of the soaps need. All they need they support do. and to get it. Um whatever happened with Mr. C over at the Alphabet Network. Mm-hmm. Um he started out good. I think I don't know. Could we say there's a different set of fans? You could tell the difference of when he was on that alphabet show and versus now and what he has done to Days of Our Lives. If you've really followed his career, starting from One Life all the way to now, you can tell the staples that he leaves on the shows versus when he's not there. He likes and that humor. he's one of the people. He loves humor. I mean, he best thing this year that he did was with Cassie DePaiva when when Brady was talking about Eve and saying she's yep. lied so many times she has different like identities. She was Chelsea and Springfield and Blair. I I was like I'm done I'm done. But you know <laughs> when Bonnie when like when Mimi like oh yeah I lived in this little small town in Pennsylvania. I'm like own it. You know, there's a lot of times where writers, I think, tend to forget that soaps aren't always gloomy, that there's some comedy that needs to be, like, you have to have that mix. And this year, and I say this all the time, for long-time viewers of Days of Our Lives, and when I say long-time, I mean straight from, like, 60s on up. The 90s were a very confusing year, as we all know. they They were. You know, and for the like the hardcore fans that really suck, this is such a treat because the fact is is that of course if you've been a long if you've been a huge soul fan, you remember Days of Our Lives was always last. You know, everybody called one like mm-hmm. to live the redheaded stepchild. Days of Our Lives was really the redheaded stepchild of the genre, and for it to have bounced, I mean, I remember every time to starting in two thousand eight. Days of Our Lives could be canceled. 2009, Days of Our Lives was going to be canceled. 2010, oh canceled. God. You know, it was so many times like, Days dodged the bullet, and people yeah. were like, well, our, you know, what did Days have to do, you know? And, of course, when they killed off Bo Brady and everything, that was such a big slap in the face to fans. And now you have three people, Jerry Anderson, who represents the 80s, Ryan Quad yes. represents the future. What's up, Ryan Quad? And you have Ron, and you have a support team. And you're right. That's what a lot of these shows needs is a good, solid support team. Somebody who represents the past, the present, and the future. And when you come together, you make things happen. Days of Our Lives, seriously, is the show people are tuning in. And this is me saying it. You know, I watch Young and the Restless. But with Days of Our Lives, Days of Our Lives has something new. It it was different. It was, you know, I always say Ron is the last graduate of Agnes Nixon's School of Writing. 
and you can see it. When he, there's certain things, like you wrote a story around the golden couple of this of this era of Days of Our Lives, which was John and Marlena, and there is still story being told from what happened, you know, the after effects of everything. You also have yeah. Kayla. Kayla found out today that her honey, her, her love, Patch, has been released. We don't know where, but he's been released. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and then you have all these new, like, characters that are mixing up with the the characters that we've all loved. You have, you know, the the quote-unquote part of super couples are now parents, grandparents now. Like, that's, that's how you do it. And, you know, with and you and of course you up. have you have to mix it up. Yeah, you have to mix it up. So yeah. Wait a minute. We're on fire. We're on fire. Uh huh. We're on fire. Now let's go to a little lukewarm G H. Mhm. Okay. Don't be Wait too disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think there's. I think there's. This? Um, there's some good stories there in is, there. Um, it's just, how do you want to I mean, put it? It's not. I think there's I a mean, light at the end of not, the tunnel. It's a light at the end of the tunnel if they write it correctly. There's been some. I'll be honest. There were some loopholes. Um. So Kiki died, which a, a lot of a lot of fans were kind of like like really excited about. I personally. <sighs> I'm just going to sound so crazy. I did not want her to die. I may have been in a few in the group that was like, no, no, don't do it. Because after thinking about it, I was like, that's another younger person that's dead. Yeah. <clears throat> and if, if you go young. by general hospitals, right. Uh, and somebody who's important, to, I mean, may not be important to the canvas, but she is a part of that next generation that we've been, that I've been she talking is, about yeah. a lot lately. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, in the last couple of years when they had serial killer storyline, going back to the black and white nurses, the, the text message killer storyline, which claimed yeah. Georgie and Emily, um, then the general homicide storyline, which claims Sabrina and, you know, and now you have this. It's like General Hospital seriously has a problem with females, I guess. I don't know. Um, we all knew when they said Kiki was going to die, the two people that we was, like, going to have outstanding performances was Mar West and Roger Howard and credibility to Matt Cohen. Let me just tell you, every time yeah, that I get upset and I want to say something, somebody's name, Lauren Catherine Jerome, yeah, wake up this moment. Oh Mar West showed why she is the icon of the, one of the icons of daytime. What's that? It was raw. Wasn't it was that powerful. wonderful? That was I mean, awesome. I was like, how? How does she do this? Like, in a scene which got a lot of, like, people talking because they was like, first and foremost, it was the wrong, it was the wrong wedding for Kiki to die in. Everybody feels as though Kiki should have died at, at Franco and Elizabeth's wedding, which I'm going to agree with that, too. You know, after I realized, I was like, okay, Kiki's dead. 
why are they killing her and joining Curtis's wedding? Like, I don't understand that. Why is Kiki and Griffin even at the wedding? They don't know these people. Like, to me, if this was Frank and Elizabeth's wedding, there would have been so much more, oh, my God. Like, I could totally see it. But you have in this situation with the serial killer, Ava is sleeping with the enemy, literally. When Kiki died, Ryan slash Kevin and Ava finally did the deed, which makes it even more soapy. This is like a Lifetime movie at this point. Just about. When Kiki, yeah, when, you know, after Ava, you know, came to terms and whatnot, they had Ross Griffin, which I'm like, huh? Like, okay, now you lost me, GH, because it's like, Griffin wouldn't have been my first pick. I would have been, like, looking for Dr. Bench. But that's just me, you know. But, again, you know, you see how Kiki's death has affected Franco, which, you know, when Scotty told Franco and Elizabeth Kiki died, a lot of people felt as though the the the, the whole scene was a letdown. But I really, truly think that it's the opposite. I give GH props because I don't know, David, if you see, if you notice it, is that with Ava, she's written with guilt because she's always talked about Kiki, you know, and yeah, you know, with guilt. She, she said, yeah, she had all these things to say, and now she doesn't have she she doesn't have her anymore. Franco, however, he's lost, he's up. you know, yeah, he's he's closed in. He's closed in right now. Like he's actually emotionally shutting down, which is which isn't good considering you know. And Elizabeth and the kids are trying to say, "Hey, look, we're your family too." Like, yeah, you lost her, but in, in respect, that's the only daughter that you ever had, and that's the only father she ever knew, you know. And I think down the line, Franco is going to unleash his anger, and whatnot. Right now, he's just closed in. He's just he's closing it all in. And that's fine. He's going to find out the truth. Oh, yeah, he's going to find out. And when he finds out, and I pray, I think everybody has said it, they want Franco and Ava to be the ones to take out Ryan and not Sonny and Carly. Um, Ava at the funeral, you know, like her and Carly's argument. Okay. This isn't about Morgan. This is about Kiki. That's all I got to say about that. Ava now knows what Carly has gone through. Right. She's lost her child. And instead of Carly, like, Carly, yeah, okay, we get it, Carly. You blame Ava for Morgan's death, but Morgan was not perfect. Morgan had his own issues. And as a mother, you need to own that. Right. Ava can at least say that she wasn't the best mother, you know, and stuff like that. But for you two to argue at Kiki's funeral, I was like, okay, this is good, but wrong place. Like, good grief. Like, stop it. You know, but, of course, when Ava said, okay, Ferncliff, that did it for me, too. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just, I don't know, with Kiki's storyline, you know, the well, the whole serial killer storyline. We're now getting into the 
the part where it's like, okay, somebody needs to figure it out. Like, not figure who did it, but notice something's off with Kevin. You know, like him and Laura are getting a divorce. Laura, you know, is like talking to Ava's like, what did you do to make him do this and da 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 It's like somebody needs to put two and two together like, wait a minute, Kevin is not acting like his normal self. And this is where GH needs to start ushering Lucy and Felicia and Matt because those were the ones from the first go around of the storyline instead of putting yeah, – right like you can now, have Cardi – I think if they had them from the beginning, I don't think mm-hmm. the story would have gone on because they would have guessed it from point blank. Right, from the beginning. If they stuck around mm-hmm. more often. And, right. and then what we wouldn't have stories. The, the only reason why this story works is because nobody really knew Ryan, the ones that. Right, are currently in now. the scenes. Right. right. Well, even like I, I even think. I mean, this to me is the big story, and I know GH is gonna like carry this out for a long time because they said there was gonna be they more should. killers. They're gonna be more murders. So if we're gonna do that, like you need to start like getting somebody kind of suspicious. So obviously, I guess it's gonna be Carly, because Carly was What's like kind of questioning, you know, Ryan and you know Kevin slash Ryan. Well, Ryan says Kevin was like. Carly, stop talking. Because now you can see Kevin is about, like, my thing is Ryan is starting to, like, you know, like, okay, you know what, Carly is giving me too much problems. She's causing Ava. Because that was the thing. The reason that he's doing, like, everything that he's doing is for Ava. You know, he's obsessed yeah. with Ava, Ava, just like he was obsessed with Felicia. But, you know, he, I want to see where this goes. Because I do think the next victim, and I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, ooh, okay, play, I'm going to play along with this. Carly is going to be sacrificed. She's going to be a sacrifice. I think if GH is going to, first of all, GH, I hope you prove me wrong, because I want a, a guy to be next. And if we're going to stick to it, I'm sorry. I love the actor, but I think there's nothing for his character to do. It's Griffin. Oh, no, no. I think, there, I think they have plans for him. I mean, if they do, I need to see something. I just think if 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 he's going, if Ryan is going after people who's causing issues for Ava, he already took out the nurse. He already took out Kiki. Rest in peace, Kiki. I'm going to miss you, Kiki. The next one is either Griffin, Carly, or or somebody who just stumbles on what he's doing. And I think, and I'm seeing some other people saying it between Stella and Mike. Oh God. Yeah. Stella has been, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought they were going to get Stella. I thought he was going to get Stella because Stella talked to him, and not only that, I thought it was going to happen. If anything, to be, no offense to Stella fans, I love y'all, but I thought if any murder was going to happen at Jordan Curtis's wedding, it would be Stella after she made amends with Curtis and Jordan. 
that would have been messed up. But it would have fit because, like I said, Kiki being murdered at Jordan and Curtis's wedding would didn't have much of an impact as if Kiki died at Franco and Elizabeth's wedding. Because at least oh we, yeah, there were definitely you know there would be more impact there, right? Yeah, and it would have been more it would have been more people. That, I mean, you would have the people from the hospital, you know. Like I keep saying that there should have been a scene, maybe down the line, I don't know, where Monica and Felicia could share a scene together, because Kiki did work at the hospital. Monica is the chief of staff. Well, you know, she's a part of it. And there could have been a scene where she talks to the staff and say, we've been through this before. And then they would have had, like, um, shown uh, Felix and Epiphany, you know, as they look at the wall and see Sabrina's picture. And then Monica could look up and see a picture of Emily, you know, commemorating that these two women lost their lives, you know, by strangulation. And then have Felicia come in and talk to Monica and saying, you know, I feel for Ava because Felicia lost her daughter too. Like, if you're going to do something, like, it couldn't, it it, it could have just, it, it wouldn't have been a big scene. It could have just been acknowledging the fact because nobody at the hospital really had time to grieve or whatnot. And it's just a small, like, there's small key scenes that would have provided memories, like, or the history. Because some fans probably don't even remember or probably knew about how Georgie was killed or Emily, you know, is like, okay, they too was strangled by a serial killer. You know, what if it was the same person? Well, I don't know. Like, so, but yeah, this is a time where somebody needs to start kind of putting, not two and two, but kind of just like, wait a minute, Kevin, how come you're acting so, like, this way to Laura? Like, what's the deal with that? So I guess it's going to be Carly, but I do want to see who's going to be the next one killed. I I don't... I don't know. I mean, there's a whole list of people that that I would... Yeah, there is a whole list. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't. Uh... David. Yeah. Okay. I, I okay. just can't um, fathom. I just can't fathom any more. I can't think of any more. It's a it's a huge cast. <laughs> it is. I think that's I think that's why you know. I, I know people get sick and tired of me saying this, but General Hospital needs to pull a Loving. When Loving was getting ready to transfer to the city, Loving had the best serial killer storyline ever to get rid of some of the cast members. And the thing is, is that you had to figure it out. You at home had to figure it out who was doing it. And we know that it's Kevin, but it could have been like figure out the clues that he's like leaving or something like figure out who's the next one. But if you're going to go by the serial killer storybook, the storyline, it's 
you have to kill off somebody that's really not connected, like not a big part of the cast. Okay, that was the nurse. Then you have the killing that's going to be like really controversial, not controversial, but just getting people to talk. That was Kiki. So we now have the con- we have left the controversial killing, the sacrifice, and the bump off. Like who are they right. going to bump off? It has to be somebody that that's you know random. So that's why I said you know Stella, um, Mike. Even though that would be emotional, so I don't think they're going to do Mike, but like Stella. Um, Valentine, you know, I'm seeing people talking of who who they want. And then you get to the emotional one, which is going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Like, you know, oh, my gosh. You know, and then the reality kicks in like, oh, my God, they took this character off. And the bump and the sacrifice will be, in my opinion, it's going to be Carly or Laura at this point. Oh. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be killed. I don't think they're going to be killed, but it's just to be that sacrifice of, like, okay, you you put two and two together. Like, at this point, I would actually say it's Carly because Carly's getting way too deep. Will the show do it? No. No. I think they're afraid to. Sometimes, you. I mean, sometimes the soaps, you need to roll the dice and see what happens. I'm not saying, now, listen, when I say, you know, sacrifice Carly, I go back to, again, if you go to love, if you go on YouTube on Loving, Laura Wright played a character named Allie. She was very popular. And we were under the impression that she got attacked by the serial killer. She was actually faking it so she can get away, so she can be, you know, she can get away and tell the cops. That's the kind of thing that needs to happen on General Hospital. When I say a sacrifice, that would be the person. It's like, okay, she pretends to sacrifice her own life or whatnot. Like, there could be a scene where she gets knocked upside the head and she just holds her breath to pretend that she's dead. But she's really like, you know, like, okay, look around. I'm going to go and call the cops or something. I don't know. But, yeah. So we'll see what happens with it. I mean, this has been uh, this it has been a decent story. It's not every yeah. day it's on. I mean, there's bits and pieces, which I think that's the problem is that this is your quote unquote front burner storyline, and you need to play it. You know, each day, like yeah, love seeing seeing Ava going through everything. Would like to see more Franco. I would like to see you know just the how it affects people. You know. But I was glad that the acknowledgement of, um, you know, Kiki and Michael was made because a lot of people forgot about yeah. that. I'm like, Shh. I was like, but I think they also well, drugged Morgan too. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh huh. Okay. So now we got to go on to Genoa City, our last stop. Well, they are number one for 30 years. Uh, thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. I think I think a little fans. things have been little things have been going on. I think Casey mentioned it last time. Um mm-hmm. that maybe there have been a little tweaks to fix. A little fixing here and there. I think You know Eric Eric's I'm gonna be back on Christmas Eve. Uh huh. Back on the air. 
that's good news. Um, I like the addition. I like that they brought Anna back because she's going to be Devon's anchor. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think. Mia's a little overwhelming. To begin with, I mean, she comes on. Um, I hope they do some things with uh, Nate. They need to. They need to work on him. I want to see Kristoff back. Mhm. Um, I hope he comes back. Crystal is supposedly coming back. I don't know for how long. I, okay, again, Younger Russell's fan right here. I'm going to say yep. there is definitely something going on behind the scenes um, because there are certain storylines that I'm just like, wait a minute, y'all was over here, now all of a sudden you're on this, you're, you're on this level. There's certain character development that I'm just like, whoa, when, wow. And the, the perfect person for that was Victoria Newman. Victoria got her... Newman life back, her Newman attitude back when she told Tessa off, when she ripped that teddy bear. By the way, rest in peace, oh teddy my bear. God. We'll miss you. Didn't you just love and that? She co- I was like, and there's Victor's child. Like, where have you been for yeah. the last couple of months? I understand you've been through something, but where have you been? And this goes to show that, you know, this story with the JT situation it needs to start hurrying up come on now like it, yeah this is one of the stories that that started out very controversial and became kind of a laughing situation and now it's kind of like okay is jt alive yes or no is he playing the mind games yes or no what's what's going on but when victoria was telling tessa off i was like and this is why she is the next one in line like if there's no Adam, Victoria's the next one in line. Um, Probably, yeah. Anna. Anna coming back, again, here's the thing. She's not a – she's – to some young and Russell's viewers, she's a new character. But to us who who remember her, she's not. And the thing is, is that Devon does not have Lily. But he yeah. now has his biological sister. And I must applaud Brighton James for last week. Um, I think it was last Thursday or last Friday, um, in the scene where Devon had therapy. In yeah. the world of soaps, in the world of soaps lately, when we hear that a character goes to the doctors or to file a police report or a therapy session, it's a commercial break, and then five minutes into the next segment of the show, they come back and it's like, oh, how was therapy? Oh, therapy was fine. We never saw the progress of it. I would like to say to Mal Young, to yes, Young and Russell, thank you for spending close to almost seven minutes on that scene because we needed a scene to breathe. That's what they call a breathe scene, where we saw Devon kind of being, like, nervous about it, being really not secure about what he was saying, afraid right. of what he was saying, to him talking about Hillary, you know, and we, you know, 
there are certain times where I feel as though a lot of people, I, you know, as a soul fan who, who watches the show, there are certain clues that I look at. There are certain things that I look at. And I have noticed that Devon has been suffering from Hillary's death. It's been kind of obvious, like, him doing this instead of this or him, you know, trying to fix his relationship with Lily because everybody – and he said that everybody was telling him to do it. And when you go back and watch the scenes, you start to realize, wait a minute, hold up, you know, Devon was only doing what people was telling him to do to kind of feel some kind of normal. But whose reality was it? This was for Lily, not him. So when the doctor, you know, had asked the questions, did you ever think about taking yourself out, taking your own life? And Devon said, yeah. In that moment, this show became a little real. You know, look, we're in the holiday season. You know, a lot of people lost a lot of a lot of things this year, whether it's your house, a loved one, or whatnot. And you may feel down, but that scene was like it was a breath of fresh air because you never knew how much pain Devon was in. When Devon said everybody right. was going on with their lives and he couldn't, he was like, "With Lily, they forced him to make amends." Like this is the woman who killed her, killed his wife and his unborn child. That they still that he still has a nursery in his home, that he's having panic attacks, that you know he doesn't want to do self medication because of and I love the fact that they brought this back that you know they were talking about Neil being a, a, a addict, his mother is right. an addict. You know I'm like okay here we go and then he says Hillary wouldn't approve of it, you know and. Then, you know, before he went to therapy, it was with um, Shauna. Shauna felt uncomfortable in the house now because he's been throwing parties with these hooligans who has drugs. And, you know, Kane, who has his child going over there, he doesn't want that child to be exposed. This was one of the stories that it was real because, sadly, there are people out there that we could relate Devon to or Kane or Shauna and, and Anna. Um, obviously, you know, the show, it still suffers from not having Hillary on it. And it's going to be a while before yeah. that hole is, you know, filled. Um, I don't think they're going to ever fill that hole because, you know, Hillary was a character that had that, that thing where if you loved yeah. her, you also hated her. If you hated her, you right. loved her, you know. And it's going to be a while before they do that. However, I'm starting to notice something. You know, Devon is still going to be in this morning period where he feels as though he still can't go. He can't move on. However, I'm seeing what Young and Rossus is finally doing. It took them a year to figure this out. But I'm starting to see them putting him and Abby and scenes together. Yeah, they are. I, I mean, I wouldn't. This this is who they should have. I mean, okay, Hillary Devon fans, don't come after me. Um, I love y'all too. But I've been saying that they should have went with Abby and Devon and not Devon and Mariah. They should have. Mm. They should have. They should have went there. They have history. They, I mean, they, they do. do. They know. I mean, obviously, they grew up so together, it, basically. It was, pretty much, and they're rich. Yeah. <laughs> that's they're that's rich a, that's a and plus. Neil, 
Yeah, and Neil and Victor are friends. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, there's some other things. I mean, obviously, you know, the Abbott family is still kind of recovering from their bombshell of a year. Um, Cal and Finn. Oh, Finn Moore. Finn Moore. Finn Moore. Okay. Yeah, Finn Moore Baldwin is back. Okay, I like it. This, 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 because Michael and Lauren. Um, right. I, I'm. Are you? How? Okay. Let me ask this question because you know this was a this was a question that was posed on social media. How are you feeling about a lot of the younger cast members? The younger cast. Are you? Are you feeling it as though it's too much, or do you think it's just the right amount of characters of the new kids? It needs a little more mixing, like days. Okay. Um, I like it. Um, Casey brought up the point that he wants us to remember that the show is called The Young, the young. and the Restless. <laughs> yup. <laughs> and uh, and uh, maybe, you know, maybe some of the veterans should back burner a little bit and put the younger ones front and center, but not totally out of the picture. Um, but they it's good to have Fenn back because there's more mix. I think Fenn was the substitute for Summer. Mm. I think I think he I think Mal knew somehow that the summer thing wasn't working and um maybe uh he fixed it. Well, and, and we all knew that a, Hunter. Well, we knew Hunter was only limited because she's doing Life of Pieces, so that's why Summer left because she because Hunter had to do her other show. I so think she they, I mean it's been right. She couldn't because they start they start because I think they start in January. I think that's when they start. I'm not too sure. Um. The thing is, is that they've been talking about bringing Senmore back for a while now. And I think because the actor had some issues, personal issues, they kind of just, you know, put that on on the shelf. Um, I'm going to say, and yeah, Casey's right, it is called The Young and the Restless. However, I feel as though, you know, sort of like with Dave as well as with Bo did too is you can still have the vets on the show as well as the new new the new kids. And you can actually have them both integrated in, in scenes together. Um the the new blood, I mean you got Kyle, he's an abbot. You're gonna have a Newman, which Noah you know, Noah Newman is coming back. Please put Robert on contract. Oh my gosh, please do it. Um they need to age face a little bit. So she can mix it up with, and a lot of people have been saying with Charlie and Maddie. Um, right. I still think Maddie should be a part of the Cal and the Lola and the Fed and now Anna. Um, I want to see who hooks up with who first. I mean, obviously Cal and Lola, but, you know, I'm 
I'm seeing some similarities of with Kyle with Jack and Billy. Like he's a mix of both of them, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like okay, younger Rossless with um, Lola. She reminds me of just like the new girl that always comes in and has, you know, that moment where they want to make themselves known. Mia reminds me, I swear she reminds me, and people are going to get mad when I say this. She reminds me of a little bit of Jill, old school Jill, not before she old was Jabot Jill. Or, or, yeah, when she was, when she was doing Mrs. Catherine's nails and she had big yeah. dreams. A little bit of her, a little bit of Drusilla, as far as with Drusilla, like like knowing that there's a better life for her if she works ten times hard, and she has a little sass. She reminds me of those kind of characters that wasn't born rich but had to work ten times hard to get into the society. That's what kind of character Mia reminds me of. And she makes no apologies for it. Like I, that's what I mean. There has been characters on the show that has come and gone who were like that, but it's always refreshing to have that kind of character in the mix of all that. Um, then more, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the character that I'm really paying close attention to because you already see him how he was with Lola. Like he's like flirting with her and then finds out that Kyle is her man, quote-unquote, and he's like, oh, because yeah. he knows Kyle is going to either F this up or or something. And I can see Sen more, like, he start, he when he told Michael he didn't want to be a lawyer, I'm like, oh, they're going to play Lauren's side now. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, Lauren was a rock and roll person, too. She was a music, y'all remember back in the 80s, big hair and everything. Yeah, she was a promoter. She was really, you know. So, and I'm glad they did that because now you're seeing Seth. But, however, I want to see if he has a dark side like Michael from old school. Like old, old school Michael. The dark Michael Baldwin that nobody seems to try to remember. Except for me. When I get upset, I'm like, Michael wasn't always a goody-goody, y'all. Like, just to let y'all know, he had a spoon and he dug through Cricket's place. Yep, I remember that. Oh my God! I mean, I want to. We could reminisce. Right, we really could. God, please! Oh my God! One day, <laughs> see, you know what? <laughs> you know what? We could spend like a couple hours, but no, I do want to see where they take said because I feel as though is the is when they bring on the characters' kids, you know, like Scotty. Sadly, Scotty wasn't written right, in my opinion. I love the actor. But the character of Scotty, uh-uh. with Fenmore, I, I he just he's he he's that character. Like if they're going to write him correctly, I want to see him be a mix of his parents. I want to see him and Kyle have that bromance for that frenemy situation. I want to see, um, you know, Fenmore. I already picked out who my couple is going to be: Fenmore and Anna. Um, I'm just saying. Because they flirted and it was awesome and it was it was everything, um, but I do want to see you know Charlie and Maddie in, involved in it. Reed is back. He's mature now. He got a haircut yep, Reed too. Is back. I want Reed to stay. 
I would love for Reed to stay there. I mean, yeah, you got a point. I mean, you have to have a Newman. You have to have a, a Abbott. You have a Hamilton. You have a new person. Um, let me see. Who else you got? Hamilton. You got the Ashby twins. You know, you need you need to build it up because, like you said, Eric Braden is back. You know, like they said, you know, some contract negotiations probably was happening. Um, but, you know, Melanie is celebrating 40 years starting next year. Eric is going to be 39. Um, you got Peter Bergman. You got – I mean, you still got the, the, the people that's been on there since the, like, 70s, that represents the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. So that's a plus. But now we need to move to the future of the show. And I'm really yep. interested to see where, you know, hopefully behind the scenes they get their act together because, again, 2018 wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. They need to take no, a look right at what's happening over your days. Yeah, it was right down the middle. And if they take a look, I think all the soaps need to take a look at what days did to get it right. And Young and the Russes, you're number one for 30 years. That's a milestone. If you want to continue it, you need to do right. You need to fix a lot. I mean, even if you have to bring people back from the dead, you can do that. We'll give you a pass. Like, you know, there's certain people who are quote-unquote unrecurring. Bring them back for a few. Let's, you know. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, they, yeah, they just need, and then we got Mariah and Tessa, you know, they're kind of like playing games to, you know, Mariah's like, you know, she doesn't condone what the women did, kidnapping, her, you know, um, Tessa. But at the same time, Tessa's blackmailing people. So, you know, hey, it's love. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> so, it is. yeah. But they do need to finish this JT story up. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. They really Before, do. But let's Let's put it to you this way, Young and Ross. I dare, I bet y'all that y'all can't finish, that y'all need to finish the story by, and I'll give you a, a deadline. February fourteenth. That would be a good time. Uh-huh. Didn't JT come back? Didn't JT come <laughs> back about around Thanksgiving last year? Um, was it around Thanksgiving? Yeah. So it's been a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just I'm I'm just curious that it has to it has to roll on. It has to it has to kind of stop because in a way too I mean like I said it it was a story that was very controversial because a lot of fans was like well how could you do that to JT. You know, da 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 da, and like some people, including I'll, I'll be honest, I said it. I said sometimes you don't know what happens off screen, and it could be a different kind of character. And I think with Mal, you know, with Mal Young, he tried to put the British soap spin on Younger the Restless, which yeah. I remember saying this when he came over as an executive producer and then took over for head writer. I said nobody was ready for that. Nobody was ready for what he did over the British soap. 
Right, and and the sad reality is we so fans were so used to being in a box. Well, we see that when some, yeah, but when somebody tries to push this the envelope a little bit, it's such a, a controversial situation. It's like, oh no, 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 no. But at the same time, you want your shows to kind of do it. It's kind of it's kind of different. But with Young and Restless, because of how it is, um, you know, with the whole JT thing. It was shocking. It was. It was. It took different turns, and I think the the writing on the wall literally was, "We're just going to play it by ear, and see what happens." And and at the same time, I think they did. They were listening to the viewers, and they were just trying to kind of like save it, say whatever they could. But this was, you know, a situation where now where we got read you know, who was like, okay, my dad died. And now you got Victoria yeah. and Nikki kind of just like yeah. feeling guilty because, yeah, that was his father. And somehow, someway, somebody's going to crack, completely crack and and tell everything. And I, I want to say it would be, be Victoria, but Victoria has this, she's acting like Victor right now. Nikki is acting, you know, she's getting too friendly with everybody, and she's drinking. And she's drinking. Which, right, which means loose lips is about to happen. And you got Phyllis. Phyllis is like, well, she's playing ping pong because she doesn't know who she really wants, but she chose Nick, so I guess that's who she's going to be with. And then you got Sharon. Right. There you go. Like, Sharon might be the one. I don't know, but... Yeah, right now on Young and the Russells, there's there's certain stories that are happening um, that are just like right now their big story is the whole the the whole JC storyline. Yeah, and it needs. Which is not. Yeah, there and that's not like Young and the Russells not to have like you had they did have an A B C storyline, but now it's kind of like one big story, and it's not. It, 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 yeah, it just needs to hurry up and be over and done with. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, we made it. We did all Yay! four of it. Yay. Yep. You got closing remarks? <laughs> um, just everybody be positive. You know, you can voice your opinion in a respectful way on social media. Um, I know a lot of people say we can't support the genre, but we can. Um, if you still like General Hospital, Yana Ross's Bold and Days, continue to watch, continue to support, and um, let's try to take the negative off of the daytime fans because Lord knows there's been a lot, and just, like, let people know we're a loyal fan base. Like, hello, <laughs> we've been watching for close to 30, 40 years. Yes, we have. Name another fan base that does that. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Right. <laughs> all, all I want to say is be a fan and ship the show. There you go. That's all. Uh, that's simple. And <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Candace, thank you for joining me tonight. No problem. And we'll be back in two weeks on the 27th. See you then. Yep. Right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good night, everybody. Merry Christmas.